From How to Barbecue Right Studios in Hernando, Mississippi, Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. Well, the snow is gone. Give us, what, two days of 50, 60-degree weather, and it, uh, it disappears. That's Mississippi for you. Dude, I heard the high today is going to be almost 67 degrees. 67. Right. It literally was 7 the other night. Right. So think about that. How, how miserable was that? I mean, couldn't even go outside. I mean, it was single digits. Single digits a week ago. You and I braved the storm two times to get to the uh, How to Barbecue Right Studios to, to record our show. And uh, both times in the snow, like I said, like we joked around, we were the only ones out moving around, me, you, and the police officers. And a couple of scrapers. A couple of uh, you know guys had the scrapers on the front of their trucks pushing around, and that was it. That was everybody on the road. It sounds like somebody you might run into over like at the Renaissance Park, the, uh, the, the skate park. A couple of scrapers. scrapers. A couple of scrapers over there. Your mom would say, hey, don't go where those scrapers are. Yeah, you know, and you get 8 <laughs> to 10 inches of snow, and you can only stay in it 45 minutes before frostbite sits in. Right. you got to so, come back in. Yeah. <laughs> you, you had to take multiple shifts going outside without freezing to death. Uh, but it was, look, it was a, a historical event, a generational event, maybe even a couple generational event. Uh, but just a, a beautiful hope everybody got to get out, enjoy some of it uh, again, because it's you know now Tuesday morning, and it is gone. Completely gone, 100%. except for maybe a couple maybe of like shady spots i guess on north sides of buildings that may still be lingering the huge mounds that the guys do when they cleaned out the parking lot so huge mounds are still around so and another thing that started about matt is school after what an entire week well actually actually going back to thursday the ice storm then they were off on friday all last week right and monday did the kids go on thursday i can't remember no thursday they, before no. last it was ice it was ice remember it had iced over pretty bad okay so they got off that day for ice uh and then called it on friday friday well friday there was already a holiday correct yeah president's right. day was monday tuesday through friday nothing yesterday nothing and they're back that, that is i mean that's a solid christmas break almost a second christmas break yeah well i mean and then we had well, public schools had three. Well, I don't know. North Point may have two. Virtual days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, they had to go virtual. Last week. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, well, I mean, remember but, I joked, uh, whenever we were joking around about the lady the uh, lady who won the Teacher of the Year, I joked around about some of the stay-at-home moms or whatever that were having to teach their kids virtually. I mean, that's – I'm telling you, shout out to my wife for four straight days of virtual learning with my six-year-old. Hats off to her. I can't even describe it. Well, I mean, it's, and I'm glad that, you know, of course, it's, it's going to be beautiful today, as you said. Uh, school's back in session. We've got basketball to talk about on the show today, so just pretty fired up. Uh, but one thing that I know is for certain, spring's right around the corner, which means it might be time to buy or sell your house. Absolutely right, Derek. And if you're looking to buy or sell a home, please reach out to our 2021 presenting sponsor, Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch possesses over 64 years of combined real estate experience. They are the number one team for residential real estate in DeSoto County, and they also have over 25,000 closings since 2009 on the buying or selling side of residential real estate. They are ranked nationally as a top-performing real estate team, and right now they are offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. That is a free no obligation market analysis for your home. Springtime is a great time to learn more about your home, learn more about the value of your home, and it's a great time to list it. So please give Brian and Terry a call at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or find them at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com for your free no obligation market analysis for your home podcast recorded each and every tuesday and friday at the how to barbecue right shop studios 
How to Barbecue Right Shop is located just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics on Memphis Street. This store has everything a man needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. They have rubs, sauces, cast iron, knives, cutting boards, thermometers, and some really cool high-end smokers. If you've seen Malcolm's How to Barbecue Right cooking videos, you need to stop by his shop today. You can call them at 662-912-9947. That's 662-912-9947. Or find them on Facebook at H2Q, that's the letter H, the number 2, the letter Q, Malcolm Shop on Facebook. Again, How to Barbecue Right Shop, located just 500 yards past Connection Gymnastics on Memphis Street right here in Hernando. All right, uh, we'll turn our attention now to uh, the news. And, of course, we always start local. We've got a couple of just real quick local news things to mention uh, that the city of Hernando has put out on their we- on their website. Uh, the first being water bills. Again, we talked just a couple minutes ago about the weather, about being past the weather. Unfortunately, with the you know I think nine days of I think around 300 hours of you know below freezing temperatures, a lot of pipe issues. A lot of people have busted pipes, including my, uh, my office. Uh, my office is actually underwater for about a day. You know, so a lot of that happened. And not only did you have water issues maybe in your house or stuff like that, well, also the water, the meter readers had problem getting to your house. So the city of Hernando put out a bulletin uh, yesterday that said that due to the inclement weather uh, last week that the water department was un- unable to read all of the meters. Usually they try to read it around the middle of the month. If you look at your bill, I think it says from the 15th to the 15th. Well, obviously the 15th was President's Day. And then we were under snow and ice after that. And so a lot of most, you know, a lot of people in the city did not have their meters read before the 15th or by the 15th, which means they're coming out yesterday, today, the rest of this week to get that caught up. What that means is they don't have a a way of kind of subtracting what it might have been on the 15th. They're using real numbers. And so your your bill this month, or the one that should be, I guess, billed in March, will come out about a week later. So if you're used to getting it around March 1st, getting the bill, you won't probably to receive it to probably the second week of March, and it's going to be a it's going to be higher whether you you know whether you drift water or not. Uh, regardless of the fact, it's going to be about a five week month. Uh, for February uh, because of them going late. So please do not panic if you get your water bill and it's a lot higher than it used to be. Now remember, that also means that your decrew is going to be higher and that your sewer is going to be higher because those are all a base. Uh, they're all based on the amount of water usage that you have. So again, your will bill will be higher. But luckily, that means the next time they read, which will be on March 15th, there'll only be about three weeks between the t- this week and that week. So your uh, the, the bill that you're sent on April 1st should be less. So again, just kind of a public notification that this is going to happen and to try to avoid any you know anybody kind of panicking when they get that bill. Yeah, so pretty simple, five-week bill, and you'll get a three-week bill. So it kind of what goes up is going to come back down. It's going to be a little bit less. So it shouldn't be a – don't let it uh, freak you out or anything like that. I know most of the podcast listeners, I mean, they really you know hone in on, on that <laughs> water bill. Most of them have an auto draft. At least I do. I know you don't. You still I do. Not, I, I know I love, you still do it. I love writing it. that check. love writing that check. Why don't you do an auto draft? Because I like to decide when I want to pay it. Oh, okay. Like, like to decide when you want to pay yeah, it. Yeah, so like, you know, if it's okay, they'll take it on the 15th. Well, what if I want to pay it on the 5th? I'll just get it over with. Well, I'm gone. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, the other thing that they had mentioned on their website was the city park bathrooms were closed uh, until further notice. Uh, this is Some of this has to do with regular maintenance that goes on, of course, annually, but also a lot of it has to do they're checking pipes, uh, they're checking you know different things going on in the public bathrooms to see if there's any issue after the you know the, the weather that we had and so uh, and you know they, they'll post again when the bathrooms are available this is on all city parks church park uh, it'll be at the soccer fields the baseball fields of course which aren't 
quite open yet. But uh, in any of the city parks, uh, Conquer Park, uh, just you know, the bathrooms are closed until further notice to allow them to, to check all the pipes, make sure everything's okay. Something else, Derek, uh, right now we are in the middle of our spring elections. We're in the middle of the 2021 election cycle for all the municipalities in DeSoto County uh, going through spring elections for the typical four-year cycle. And uh, something else has happened, absentee voting has started. Yeah, so absentee voting started yesterday. So if you are not going to be here on April 6th, if you're going to be out of town uh, for some reason, uh, may have to maybe have a surgery planned or something like that, if you know that you're not going to be able to make the polls on April the 6th, absentee balloting started yesterday. So February 22nd it will last all the way to noon on April 3rd. So February 22nd till noon on April 3rd, you'll have a chance. You have to go in person to City Hall uh, and go ahead and cast that absentee ballot. Uh, if you are over 65 or if you are permanently or temporarily have a, a disability, then you can also do a mail-in ballot. Uh, you have to you have to request it, kind of show that you you do have you know either over 65 or do have one of these uh, do have some type of disability, and then you'll be able to mail those in. Of course, it has to be received before April 3rd. Derek, should we be a little bit worried whenever the postmarks for the uh, mail-in ballots uh, have a lot of Georgia on the postmark? <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna have to be. It's gonna have to be Hernando. You know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, you know, no. happens to be a lot of the, the thousands of votes have postmarked uh, Atlanta, Georgia on them. So uh, pretty. No, that's um, Matt Kids. <laughs> And talking about the election starting now, leads us right into our second special show that will be posted tomorrow. This is for the Ward 3 Alderman. Uh, we were lucky enough to be able to interview over the last few days, including this snowy weekend. Uh, we interviewed uh, Robin Cotton, Dustin Alstein, and Bruce Robinson. We uh, interviewed all three of the candidates for Ward 3 Alderman. Uh, and so you will hear that tomorrow on our show, anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes each. Uh, we're going to put them back to back to back. Uh, you will hear those tomorrow. And so, again, just like we did Ward 1, we hope that y'all will tune in and listen, especially those uh, in Ward 3, like Matt and myself. We're both in uh, Ward 3. I think it's very informative. I think you've got a lot of different views. You've got a lot of different things that I think this is a, a, a kind of a wide range. And I think each candidate brought something new and unique to the race. And I uh, hope that you would tune in and listen. Derek, I had three people over the weekend mention to me, hey, in the world of no debates, no opportunities to compare the candidates in the same room. Uh, they were so thankful of what we were doing here on the UTW podcast. Um, it just makes total sense. Again, not a political show, but politics is absolutely going to be a topic of ours for, for years to come on the show uh, for sure. Look, if you are one of those candidates uh, coming up, Next next week's gonna be Ward Four. Okay, next week's Ward Four. Reach out to us under the Water Tower Info at gmail dot com. That's under the Water Tower Info at gmail dot com. Or hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. DM us whatever it is on Facebook. I mean, whatever the kids are doing nowadays, just get in touch with us. If you are part of Ward Four, uh, because we'll be we'll be ready to interview you for the next show. Yeah, and we're usually trying to do the interviews obviously between. Uh, this show and the next show, show, you know, of course, nobody wants to do it on a Friday or Saturday, usually around starting Sunday, sure. that Sunday, Monday, Tuesday time frame. So, again, we've already had one of the Ward Fords reach out to us. Uh, and, of course, there was one more that uh, we have not heard from yet, but, uh, you know, we, I think we'll be able to get a hold of him pretty quickly. Uh, and, of course, unfortunately, Julie – uh, had to pull out because of the, of the her issue of, of moving from one ward to another one, uh, even though at the time she did not know that was going to be an issue. So, again, we're down to two candidates in Ward 4. Looking forward to both of them next week. But please tune in tomorrow to the Ward 3 uh, Special Edition.
And again, thank you to those gentlemen for giving up their time uh, for the show uh, coming up tomorrow. And we really appreciate it. As we've said numerous times, Derek, leadership is uh, important to me and you. Leadership is uh, – we're, we're going to tip our hat to anybody who puts themselves out there, tries to run for a local election, and says, hey, I, I feel a need or I feel like I'd, I'd be the bright person for that job. So, you know, congratulations to those three men for putting themselves out there. But again, listen to the show tomorrow. Special episode of UTW Podcast airing on Wednesday. All right, Matt. Now talk, turn to something that is – still Hernando. I mean, right. we did, did, did talked about the water bill, talked about uh, the bathroom issue, absentee voting, which is Hernando, but also, of course, countywide. Also, something that uh, is did dealing with the county. This actually did go before the Board of Supervisors, uh, but uh, directly affects Hernando because it's bordering right on the Hernando border. Uh, this is uh, something we briefly mentioned last week. Actually, we briefly mentioned two weeks ago, excuse me, uh, about the development that was just on the outside of town uh, on Bright Road. This is a, a Bright Wilson Plan Unit Development is the name of it. Dale Wilson is the uh, gentleman, the developer who brought this uh, before the uh, Board of Supervisors uh, yesterday at their meeting. I think it was at 1 p.m. I think that uh, the, a lot of people in town have been worried about it. There was rumors of uh, rental, rentals going in there. And at one point, there may have been rentals uh, as part of this. Well, so this came before the, it was passed by the Planning Commission. I believe the vote was 8 to 6. Correct. Uh, it had made So it went before the Board of Supervisors yesterday. And in the meeting, uh, I think it was about a two-hour meeting, uh, we talked to a couple people directly involved with the project. And they said that um, in, after, after the meeting that the Board of Supervisors did approve this, unanimously approved this 5-0. Now, there were con- some concessions made. So just to make sure everybody's clear, this is the property that sits near the intersection of Bright Road and Jaybird Road, near the intersection of Jaybird and Bahelia Road. So I think most everybody in Hernando knows what this is, but the, the big nasty turn uh, that Bahelia takes right at Jaybird. Yeah. All right, so you would take a right, and then the first left right there is Bright Road. So this property sits right there. Uh, it's owned and being developed by Dale Wilson and Austin Wilson. And so the uh, you know they kind of went through it, and I think this is a very unique project, Matt. I mean, from what we've sure. heard and read about it, there are a lot of concerns on the front end by the by the planning commissioners and by the board of supervisors, along with surrounding neighbors, surrounding developers, about a potential rental aspect that was proposed for one of the small areas of the development. Correct. That was that was definitely part of the um, initial drawings, the initial uh, you know what they were pursuing. Yes. So to address the concerns, the rental aspect, the developer came back and, and it actually came before the Board of Supervisors and removed any rental aspect uh, of the project. Just to be clear about that, remove the rental aspect of it. And has, has been the, the way that we had it written to us was has been completely eliminated from the proposed development. Right. The development will now only feature single-family lots, but there will be three distinct areas designed to meet the demand from the different market sectors. So you're going to have three different parts of this neighborhood. There's going to be an orchard. They're named after our flowers. So orchard, jasmine, and the iris. The orchard section will feature 28 estate lots. The jasmine will have 40 smaller garden-style lots. And the iris will be a, a private, gated, pocket neighborhood with only 20 cottages. So kind of small, probably zero-lot-line type cottage lots. The development has a detailed architectural standards that will ensure only very high-end homes are constructed in the neighborhood, and the high-end architectural style combined with a wide variety of amenities is going to have a 20-acre lake. It's going to have walking trails, common green spaces, and they hope to make this one of the best of the best in the Soda County development. So I think that 
that once the, the developers heard that, they're also, I believe, uh, we talked to another source that we had that said that not only was it removed, the rental aspect removed from the front end, they also said that the supervisor, Lee, I believe, right. said that the motion included that even if the property is sold, the homes cannot be converted to rentals and owners cannot lease the homes. So it sounds like the entire uh, neighborhood itself. Now, of course, we do not have <laughs> the, the, the uh, HOA agreement has not even been thought of to Correct. be drawn up yet, but at some point it will be. It will have to be recorded. And so, you know, we want to make sure that you check all that when that happens. But for what we've been told, that they will not allow rentals at all in there uh, even after the houses are sold. So, again, I think it's a win-win, it sounds like, for the county, uh, for the city of Hernando bordering the county, for the property owners uh, surrounding the development that had these, these concerns. Uh, sounds like it's going to be a, a pretty nice neighborhood. Well, and literally, it butts up against Hernando. While it's not part of the Hernando, inside the Hernando city limits, it's right there. I mean, those kids are all going to go to Hernando, uh, that type of stuff. But yeah, it sounds pretty neat. I, I thought, you know, good job for by Michael Lee, gentleman who came on our podcast just three weeks ago, uh, putting the owners of the different properties right around the area, putting their heads together, their ideas together, and uh, it, it kind of coming, the, the rental part of it, which people were concerned about, uh, was removed. Uh, Dale Wilson seemed to come back to the drawing board and, and definitely put together what's going to be a, probably a very neat project over the next five years. So pretty cool. And I think that, you know, something that people probably thinking of is like, well, you just mentioned the bad curve. Bad curve still there. Yeah. Uh, and so that was talked about. It was discussed. The issue of the traffic control, nothing at the, the first stage, so the initial stage, uh, the initial few lots that go in there. there will be, there's nothing that has to be done for that to go in. But they did mention it will be addressed in one of the next stages to try to figure out how do you straighten the curve, how do you connect the curve, how do you make the, the bright road, Bahelia Road connection better, safer, uh, and that's what, especially when you're going to have obviously increased traffic because of the neighborhood. It's probably going to be, they're probably going to have to address the Jaybird uh, Bahia Road. Not necessarily Bright Road yet, because that's a that's a way easier thing coming off of Bright Road to, to Jaybird. Well, th- well, it is, oh, yeah, well, that section. I'm talking more about the, the, like, if you're coming from Hernando going to the subdivision, how you have to kind of snake sure. it. It's going to be kind of a, I mean, it's basically, a, it's a, a right and an immediate, kind of almost an immediate left. I mean, you have to, a little bit, but it's more of that you call that. Now, they have made some improvements. They did add a stop sign. They added some painted markers. But, you know, especially with Madison Lakes on the northwest corner, um, there's going to have to be something done with that, so that that intersection. Yeah, the growth in the northeast quadrant of Hernando is, is tremendous yep. for the next decade, 10, 15, 20 years. Again, that was definitely a topic that was discussed and talked about by the gentleman running for alderman. You know, the Madison Lakes project was discussed on the show or during the interview, which you'll hear on our special show tomorrow. That's right. But definitely a, a big part, that northeast quadrant of Hernando, uh, the growth there is just tremendous. Uh, so very interesting uh, project. Again, uh, shout out to the Board of Supervisors for uh, what seems to be working very hard over the last three weeks of concern. You and I are talking about this, Derek, because it was big on Hernando happenings and all around town. People had questions about it, wanted to know more information. And Dale Wilson's going to do a good project there. And again, it's going to be it's going to be owned, uh, you know, single family owned homes that I think will be an asset to that area. So, speaking of assets to Hernando, DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower for multiple decades. With over 60 years of combined dental experience, Doctors Seymour, Paroli, and Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments, general dentistry, implants, implant-supported dentures, and now Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. 
An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process from beginning to end. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. Visit their office today to see the difference or give them a call at 662-429-5239. That's 662-429-5239 for the DeSoto Family Dental Care difference. North Point Christian School offer a preview of the point admissions open house for prospective students ages PK through 12th grade on Monday, March 22nd from 5 to 7 p.m. They're coming off of a successful preview of the point this past Sunday, February 21st. The next one now Monday, March 22nd from 5 to 7 p.m. Come see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point's DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. School representatives will be on hand to answer your questions about North Point's distinctive approach to school health and safety, as well as their unmatched academic, athletic, and arts offering. Reserve your spot today by contacting Director of Admissions, Mrs. Sheila Sharon at 662-349-5127. Again, 662-349-5127. Don't miss out. Reserve your spot for Monday, March 22nd from 5 to 7 p.m. and see if you and your family are ready to join the North Point family. Podcast brought to you by Lauderdale Insurance Agency, your local state farm provider. Lauderdale Insurance is located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and local resident of Hernando. His team possesses over a century of insurance experience in life, home, business, and auto. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Give them a call at 662-429-5213. That's 662-429-5213. Or find them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. That's Lauderdale Insurance Agency on Facebook. You know, Derek State Farm is, uh, you know, their motto is like a good neighbor, right? That's right. right. Yeah. So you and I both go to Hernando United Methodist Church. And uh, I know we went virtual yesterday. We, we did a, a virtual service yesterday. So um, the parking lot was still a little bit too icy and stuff like that. But a lot of the parking lot was uh, was done by you know, Brother David Cox, courtesy of Mr. Sam's tractor and front end loader. Like a good neighbor, Mr. Sam Lauderdale handed the keys to Brother David Cox to uh, clear out the um, parking lot there at the Hernando United Methodist Church. So, Miss, uh, Mr. Sam, a uh, shout out uh, for that. We were not able to, to get the uh, parking lot ready for in-person service, but uh, Mr. Sam, thank you so much for Hernando United Methodist Church. Of course, I was involved. Our youth uh, led the music uh, on Sunday and uh, just did a, a wonderful job. Shout out to those young ladies for uh, giving of their talents and everything like that. Great job by them. No, it was a good uh, online service and Again, instead of Jake from State Farm, it's Sam from State Farm. Is that what we're doing? It's Sam from State Farm, Sam exactly. From State Farm. Do you think Sam – all right, what would Sam look like in Jake from State Farm's shirt? Well, I, he'd have khakis. I know that. He, get, it, Mr. Sam, yeah, Mr. Sam wears khakis. Okay. De- definitely have khakis, but, yeah, he would uh, kind of – you know, that Jake from State Farm, the new Jake from State Farm. <laughs> he's a little – yeah, he's in a good shape. Really show. loves that schmedium. Oh, yeah. Really yeah. loves the schmedium. Speaking of flex, Derek, the state of Mississippi – the, the only kind of state news – the only kind of state news we have for this week is something called Inflex, which involves – industry, commerce, uh, something that, uh, you know, you educated me on a little bit off air, uh, something that could be really, really big for DeSoto County. Tell us what Inflex is when it comes to the state of Mississippi. 
MFLEX stands for the Mississippi Flexible Tax Incentive Act. Uh, this was brought, this was one of Delbert Hoseman when he was kind of coming in uh, as Lieutenant Governor. He really was pushing this. This was one of his seven points that he had. And so the MFLEX Act was brought up by David Parker, Senator from Olive Branch, uh, is the author of it. Uh, and the uh, it's in, included in Senate Bill 2822. And so what the Inflex is, it's basically a new way to offer tax incentives for businesses coming to Mississippi. To qualify for the Inflex incentives, a business would have to make a minimum investment of $2.5 million and a minimum of 10 new full-time jobs to try to qualify for this. The application would only be a few pages long instead of, you know, right now, if you're trying to court a business or if a business is looking to come here and move here, they're having to go through like a couple hundred pages of codes trying to figure it out for, okay, for the state first, then what does the county require, what does the city require, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the Inflex would make this all simple. If you're going to bring us more than $2.5 million in investment and if you're going to provide more than 10 jobs, here's a, you know, a few pages form, maybe five, 10 pages, you know, fill this out. This is what you're going to get. This is what we expect. And then you can go ahead and qualify for this. It's saying, well, you know, what, what's what's the state giving up? You know, are we trying to give away everything? Uh, the good thing about the Inflex plan is that it's rebates and credits. There is no upfront monies. Now, we can go through and I could spend hours on here talking about, you know, poor investments that the state has made. You know, there's been millions and millions of dollars wasted on companies coming here that they, you know, they had everything built, never opened or did open and were closed within a couple of years. Well, the Inflex does not do that. These are rebates or credits where the state can, you know, give it on the back end. They have to produce in order to get things. And then if for some reason they don't produce or, you know, they can't meet certain guidelines or whatever, then the state can call it back. They can call the money back. So it has a real good callback provision. So, again, I think it's a win-win. It's it's good for the companies because it makes it easier to apply to get these incentives. Good for the taxpayer because we're not, you know, we're not putting out money on the front end. If the business does decide to take the inflex, they cannot qualify for any other incentives. So there's no city incentives. There's no county incentives. They're basically signing this. This is all you get. They can decide to pass the inflex and go for larger incentives. You know, now what AWG, would they have gone for the inflex? They may say, no, we want to, you know, you need to sell us more or whatever. And there's going to be times where if you're, if you're trying to move huge, huge industries here, then, yeah, I mean, you may have to pull out more of a red carpet type thing. Uh, but I think this it, I think this is a good thing. This is going to put us on an even footing with states that are around us. And uh, I think it's a, a, a great job. Uh, I know, again, by Delbert Hoseman trying to talk about this, you know, before he even the, the session even started, and for uh, David Parker from uh, Olive Branch to be the author of the Senate bill. How does this affect DeSoto County? Uh, DeSoto County is probably, I would definitely rank, one of the top five counties in the state of Mississippi that could benefit from – uh, industry, mm-hmm. people moving uh, here, you know, companies wanting to be right outside of Memphis, especially with FedEx being so close and everything like that. Really neat deal. Uh, anytime you can make applications easier, Derek, you come from the banking world, uh, you know, starting out 20, 20 plus years ago, I would assume that y'all try to streamline uh, applications as best as possible for people <laughs> even to sit down and do something. Well, as, as much as the government will let us. Well, exactly. Yeah. Right. But I'm just, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's just anytime you can, you can apply for things that three pages long to focus on versus 200 i think that makes a lot of sense it does and and again um you know this is of course for any city or or municipality uh, in the state can have this or can attract businesses trying to use this 
But DeSoto County, as you mentioned, is unique because we're outside of Memphis, uh, very similar to what Madison's doing in Jackson or Marison. You know, for people on the coast, maybe uh, on the west side of Mississippi, you know, right not too far outside of New Orleans competing for stuff, or uh, on the uh, – the east side, closer to, you know, Florida Panhandle competing for stuff. So, again, this says, okay, well, you know, move to Mississippi, this is why, and, you know, here's here's what we can do, and very simple, very laid out. So, again, we'll see if it works. Uh, it did pass the Senate unanimously. Now it moves under the House, so we will see. Yeah, sounds really good. I mean, good job down there for uh, growth and commerce coming to the state of Mississippi. Um, again, MFLEX is what it's called, M. F-L-E-X is what it's called. Derek, let's turn our attention each and every Tuesday, as we do each and every Tuesday, the DeSoto County Museum Fact of the Week. DeSoto County Museum located directly across from Area 51 and Blue Ribbon Cleaners here in Hernando on Common Street. Just a wonderful asset to Hernando and the entire county. 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. That's 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Please try and get over there and visit with Rob Long. Take a look at the DeSoto County Museum for the wonderful new exhibits that they have. Uh, like I said, the times that I've been, I've learned something new each and every time. So shout out to Rob for their continued success. So glad that they provided these uh, facts of the week for us, and uh, we really appreciate it. Derek, what you got this week? Well, Rob has provided us with some uh, very colorful names this week, Matt. Uh, you know, a lot of you know you hear of all these places in in the Soto County where like you know we've heard of Bullfrog Corner before, and and so okay, well yeah, I know the Bullfrog Corner pawn shop, or I know it's the corner of you know, 51 right there, you know, in Horn Lake. But that was actually a community. Uh, and so what he did, he provided me a list of several communities, uh, some that still exist today in DeSoto County and some that uh, have gone the wayside and now are actually some are known as subdivisions. Some are known as corners of an in intersection. Uh, so I'm going to read out the names of some of, uh, of past communities uh, in DeSoto County, just basically before the – I enjoyed re uh, reading them just because, you know, how they're named. So from Center Hill and Smoky Hollow to the Mississippi River and from the state line to Coldwater River, DeSoto County has localities and communities with picturesque and colorful names. Bullfrog Corner, Rabbit Ridge, Dark Corner, Owl Hoot, Frog Mountain, Jaybird, Love, Pleasant Hill, Oak Grove, Popper Corner, and Cedar View. Pigeon Roost Creek was named because of the thousands of pigeons that once roosted there. Musacana Creek, after the Indian chief. Hernando, of course, was named after the great Spanish explorer Hernando de Soto. And oh yes, there's also a Plum Point and a Possum Trot. So again, just the great communities that have been in DeSoto County throughout the years. Of course, Plum Point is now a subdivision uh, right there across from the Tanger Outlet. Uh, we know that um, Jay Bird, Jay Bird, the community, was two words. Jay Bird Road is one word. Of course, just outside of Hernando or, or bordering Hernando. Of course, we Bullfrog Corner we just talked about, uh, you know, um, Poplar Corner, uh, Pleasant Hill, Pleasant Hill Road. I mean, sure. you know, that comes from, comes to, that's obviously it was a community. So, again, just kind of, you know, for us that have only been here 15, 20 years, somebody like Sam Waterdale and other people that have lived here, you know, for generations, you know, they probably know exactly, you know, pick these out on the map. Uh, other, you know, other ones have, have been lost to history. Uh, now, or again, are subdivisions or just uh, forgotten names. Uh, of course, we still have love. You know, just I, I thought it was really neat that, you know, Rob continues to every week uh, surprise us with just great facts uh, and, and times from DeSoto County's past. Exactly. Thank you again, Rob Long, for this DeSoto County Fact of the Week for this week. We certainly appreciate it. Please try and get over there. Uh, the snow is gone. The weather's getting better, hopefully, for the spring. So please take your kids, take your family over to the DeSoto County Museum right here in Hernando, 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. 9 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Thank you again to Rob Long. 
Also want to say thank you to the ladies at Magical Destinations of Hernando. Whether it's that trip to Disney World, Universal Studios, or that tropical getaway, Sue Ellen and Ann Christopher can help you plan the trip of your dreams. They work to get you the best rates with headache-free planning. Magical Destinations is locally owned and operated right here under the water tower. Give them a call today to start planning your magical getaway. You can reach them at 662-469-6304. That's 662-469-6304. Or find them on Facebook and Instagram at Magical Destinations Unlimited. That's Magical Destinations Unlimited on Facebook and Instagram for all your summer travel needs. Since 2001, Green King has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419. Again, 662-892-8419. Or visit them at their website, greenkingspray.com. You know, Derek, last week we joked around about Williams Services being someone that you could call to get your driveway or your commercial parking lot cleared out, and uh, Richard had a lot of success with that. So uh, thank you to all the UTW podcast listeners that might have uh, reached out to him for that. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. As I remind you each and every week, UTW Podcast listeners, if you have a fencing need, your backyard fence or fence around your pool, anything like that, new fencing, existing fence repair, gates, anything like that, Richard and his team can help you with any fencing need on your property. Give them a call at 662-292-8855, 662-292-8855, or find them on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. You know, Derek, as we just mentioned, Magical Destinations, one of our uh, longtime sponsors on the UTW podcast. Speaking of new destinations, Derek, the offensive coordinator down in Lafayette High School down in Oxford has a new place or has found a new home. Tell us about it. Jason Russell, as you said, the offensive coordinator at Lafayette High School, was now named the new head football coach at Olive Branch. Previously started his career at Oxford High School in 2007. He has experience in both 4A and 5A, of course, with Oxford uh, and Lafayette both moving up uh, throughout the years, being 4A, 5A. Uh, he's never coached at the 6A level. This will be his first time to coach at the 6A level. Uh, the Commodores were 7-5 and five last year uh, under him uh, as offensive coordinator, and his teams averaged 314 yards a game for the 2020 season. So, again, uh, Jason Russell will be his first head coaching job. Uh, he said that he's waited for an opportunity. He's had a couple of, uh, you know, times in the past where he's been asked to maybe do, take a head coaching position. He wanted to wait for the right one, and he knows that Olive Branch has a deep history. We've talked about it on here. Uh, they were playing for championships uh, back when we when we lived there, after we left there, uh, and so as early as I think 2013, uh, just seven or eight years ago, uh, they you know they won a state championship. So he knows that the, uh, the talent is there, 
And so he thinks that he can bring, you know, winning ways back to Olive Branch and is looking forward to the opportunity. Congratulations to be the new coach, Olive Branch Conquistadors. Look forward to uh, following his team uh, next year. Uh, good luck to him for, for sure. Maybe we can get him on the podcast one day, hopefully uh, a week before the state championship or something like that. <laughs> if he's playing, then it would be good. You know, Derek, speaking of talent, when it comes to softball, Miss Riley Eister under the water tower, a big deal here for the Hernando Lady Tigers softball player, Miss Riley Eister, who happens to be the Hernando High School 2022 class president. Just from what I can tell, my daughter's in the same grade as her, just a sweet, nice young lady. Um, so definitely congratulations there on being a nice kid. But also some pretty neat accolades coming her way. Tell us about that. She's been named to the U.S. Junior Olympic softball team and is also named to the Clarion Ledger's Dandy Dozen, so one of the top 12 players in the state. So just a huge honor. Uh, obviously, does pretty well at softball. Sure. Uh, but she gets to now represent the Junior Olympic softball team for the United States, uh, as well as being one of the top 12 players in the state of Mississippi. So just congratulations uh, to Miss Eister uh, and all that she's accomplished so far. And again, she's got this spring season coming up, which we will be, I'm sure, covering her as we have decided to, to focus on uh, girls softball and boys baseball on here once basketball is over with. And then, of course, uh, for the, her senior year starting next year. Congratulations, Riley, for uh, your success. So again, you know, Derek, my look, I, I would probably, I'd become the USA, I'd get on the USA Junior Olympic softball team and they play at uh, Green Brook in South Haver or something like that. that. That'd be my look. So hopefully she'll get to go somewhere fun to play softball, maybe somewhere, you know, exotic and, uh, you know, whatever, a, a neat place. Uh, my look, uh, like I said, they, they'd keep us local and put us at Greenbrook. A lot of but, those training facilities, I know it's in Colorado Springs, Colorado. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, maybe she gets to go out there at some point. Yeah, and a lot of people know what the Clarion Ledger of Danny Dozen is. Football, of course, so Danny Dozen's a really big deal, but uh, that just names you as one of the top 12 softball players in the state of Mississippi. So, Riley, congratulations to, uh, to you uh, on, on that. Uh, also, again, congratulations on being the class president for 2022. Um, obviously a nice young lady and, and doing has a good head on her shoulder, so congratulations to you. Moving on, Derek, far east side of the county. We've said his name numerous times when it comes to basketball. Seems to be the top player in DeSoto County right now, Mr. Zandon Harrelson. Zandon Harrelson has another accolade coming his way. Tell us about that. Uh, Mr. Harrelson has been named to the Gatorade Player of the Year watch list. Uh, he's one of 32 players named on the watch list, so again, the only one from DeSoto County. So just a, uh, again, uh, we just give uh, accolades to uh, Mr. Harrelson. I mean, to even be named, you know, whether he that's wins statewide. or not. That's for statewide. That's for yeah. statewide, yeah. To even be named, you know, just recognition because, I mean, that just names you as one of the top 30 players in the state sure. of Mississippi. Uh, and so, you know, we know how uh, rich basketball history the state of Mississippi has. Playoffs have now starting this week, which will cover the girls here in just a moment. But, again, there's a lot of great players, and to be named one of the top players in the state is just, is just a huge honor. Zanny, congratulations to you, young man, for just doing a great job. I mean, continues to – plow along and be a good basketball player. We're going to talk a little bit more about the Center Hill basketball and, and, and all the basketball playoffs going on. Obviously, we record our show early on Tuesday mornings, so we've got the results, as Derek talked about last week. All the playoffs got moved around, and the girls started their playoff round yesterday, and all the county teams that were in action, we've got scores. All right, so we're going to start a little different today. Uh, we're going to start on the private school side. The uh, reason I'm doing that is because North Point actually played on Sunday. Uh, they were supposed to play Wednesday last week, then it was pushed to Friday, then Saturday. Uh, Saturday they tried to play it, uh, but then they pushed it back at the last minute to Sunday. Uh, so they played on Sunday, and the uh, North Point girls won. They played uh, the Fayette Vikings. So the Lady Trojans won 49-42, kind of a scrappy game. Um, Fayette 
is known to play very physical. You know, a lot, a lot of hard fouls. Uh, usually, when especially when the uh, the Trojans and the Vikings play, North Point did come away with the victory, uh, led by Leah Jones with 22 points, Briley Faith Cherry with 13 points, and Izzy Carlson with a nine assist. Uh, so from that game, Matt, they won that game. That was on Sunday. They then played last night. So they played Sunday. They then played TRA, Tipton Rosemark Academy, last night at 5 p.m. North Point also won that game. They won that game 41-32. to uh, And so with that 41-32 to victory, they advanced to the Division 2A West Region title game. Uh, they will play uh, USJ tonight. So again, they played Sunday. They played Monday. This is you know, they're backed up, they, but they had to have the final game played by Tuesday, and so they're playing the the West Regional Final Game tonight against USJ at North Point, six o'clock. Uh, if you can make the game, if you're interested in seeing that, they win or lose. So this is the the West Regional Final. So win or lose, the top two teams from the region make it, which of course they already are. Uh, they will host a home game Friday night with the opponent to be determined. That's so win or lose. It's win or lose. So it depends on. So again, so the top two teams for make make the playoff or make the I guess the the final round of the playoffs. We're already in the playoffs. This is the third round, but um they the so those those will be the top teams that make it. And so those six battle it out for the championship. Uh, and so yeah, win or lose, they will host a game Friday night with a course. They depends on the you know what what happens. The opponent will be determined. So again, congratulations to the girls. They continue to move on. So again, huge game for them tonight. Uh, hopefully to win the regional finals. Now the boys. Not so much. Uh, the boys played ECS on Sunday, uh, which for them was the uh, second round, second round uh, of the playoffs. They lost to ECS 45-27, to and, you know, they led by uh, a guy they got going to Marquette. You know, he signed, I think he ended up with 25 points. The Trojans were led by Christian Gilligan with 14 points. Uh, and so they finished the season at 15-10, and 10, second round exit from the playoffs. So congratulations to them on a good season. If you score 27 points in a four-quarter men's basketball game, you're probably going to be on the L. Yeah, gonna be, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's some pretty good defense by the ECS That's going to be Eagles. tough, yeah. Uh, but, again, so congratulations to them on a good season, 15-10, and 10, nothing to hang your head about. They got uh, to play 25 basketball games. They played yep. 25 basketball games while kids in Shelby County, a lot of kids in Shelby County played zero. So good job by the, by the Trojans. Good luck to the Lady Trojans as they continue to battle on. All right, now moving to the public school side. Again, we like to start off with under the water tower. However, uh, as you'll see in just a moment, that game was pushed to tonight. Uh, so we'll start with the girls, 6A, first round. Of course, Olive Branch has a bye. But Hernando uh, was supposed to host a home game against South Panola. That game had to be rescheduled till tonight at 6 p.m. So they will play tonight at 6 p.m. Matt, the winner of that game, that's where they will travel tomorrow. Olive Branch. Olive Branch. Oh, wow. So could have the Hernando-Olive Branch matchup tomorrow night. All right. We've talked about it for weeks, uh, joked around about that happening, but uh, – that's that's pretty neat. I mean, again, the Hernando girls were the favorite to win their district. Did not win that final game. Had the two seed. Now they host South Panola. That's pretty neat. Uh, so definitely something that we'll be trying to keep up with. So hopefully they can you know they can beat the Lady Tigers and then play uh, tomorrow night uh, for the second round game. But as, again, as as you see the you know, Trojans, the Lady Trojans have to play in three games sure. in a row back to back to back. So Hernando girls will have to go back to back if if they get the win tonight. Next, the Horn Lake Lady Eagles play the Startville Lady Yellow Jackets. Horn Lake loses an absolute heartbreaker, fifty seven to. 56. They led 33 to 23 at the half. They were up 40 to 38 at the end of the third quarter. 
and just could not put it away. Uh, at Starkville, the, came back right at the end in the fourth quarter, and just, uh, uh, again, this would have been an upset by the Lady Eagles, sure. uh, but lost 57-56, and 56, just a, just a, a gut-riching loss, hard-fought game, and just, again, congratulations to the Lady Eagles as their season ends on, on making the playoffs and giving Starkville all they wanted. Sure, uh, 33-23 at halftime? 33-23 Lady Eagles at half. That's what they were I'm up saying. by yes, 10. Up by 10. Wow. Uh, but just could not hold on to sure. you know to the end. So again, just a good season by them. Next, all right, three seed DeSoto Central had to travel to Clinton. The Lady Jaguars lost 46 to 36. Again, another close yeah, game. Decent game. A uh, decent game by DeSoto County team. Uh the Clinton did a lead 27 to 20 at halftime. Basically just extended their lead by three to finish the game 46 to 36. Um just a, a great season again by the the Lady Jaguars. Again, you're the lower seed. You had to travel to Clinton. It's tough to beat somebody on their home court. No doubt. Uh, and especially when you're having to travel two and a half hours after a week layoff, whatever it was. So, again, just great job, Way to Jaguars. Hold your heads high. Uh, again, as Matt likes to say, you got to play basketball games. You got to make it to the playoffs. A lot of teams would have loved that shot. So, again, congratulations to you. And finally, the last game we had um, last night on the 5A girls' side, we do have an upset. Uh-oh. Center Hill. Lake Comrade. Uh, Lake Comrade did not. We, uh, we put them out the, the pasture last week. They three, did not make three the Three and 21. Look, uh, seriously, I hope they win the whole thing next year. I'm, <laughs> Good, I'm, me too. Man, I'm, I'll uh, be pulling for the Lady Gators. But no, Center Hill going in as a three seed. If you remember, they beat Lake Cormorant sure. to go to the to, to, to yep. make it to the, uh, it to the playoffs. playoffs. Upsets Provine 59 to 54. Now, this game had to be played at Callaway. So Provine poor, would have been a two seed on the other side. Other side. Great. So poor Provine, though. You get the home, you're the two seed, you get the home game, you get a team having to travel two and a half hours to see you, and you can't even play it at your school because you got water issues oh, gosh. due to the ice storm, and they had to move the game to Callaway to play the game. And so Center Hill wins 59 to 54. Uh, the Lady Mustangs did lead at halftime 29 to 22. Center Hill was led by Kylie Prentice with 16 points. Uh, Candace Buford had 11 points. Hope Mueller had 10 points. And Jariah Rankins had 10 points. They now play at Holmes County Central. So Holmes County Central, the Lady Mustangs will travel there tomorrow to play that game in the second round. So congratulations to them. And look, keep only, only women team we had in 5A. Let's just keep going on. That's it. Yeah, Lake Home Rent. Uh, again, we, we jokingly put them out the pasture last week. They were done. Uh, well, two weeks ago. I'm sorry. They were done. So, look, look, Lady Mustangs, great job. Congratulations to the Lady Basketball teams that are still in it. Hernando, good luck. Uh, Isla Branch, good luck. DeSoto County, keep fighting hard, uh, holding the banner for DeSoto County. We certainly appreciate it. Derek, we got some boys games tonight. The boys side of the playoffs happens tonight. Uh, give us a quick rundown on those. Again, remember, uh, the way this is working is Monday, except for Hernando girls, since they got their move to tonight also. But girls were Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Boys are playing Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday to get us to the through the third round after the end of this week. So, boys, Hernando at Germantown. Hernando boys will be traveling to Germantown High School in Madison. Warren Central at Olive Branch. And DeSoto Central traveling to Madison Central. That is all taking place tonight. And on the 5A side, we have... Provine coming to Center Hill, so the opposite of what the girls did. Provine coming to Center Hill uh, tonight. Remember, the Lake Cormorant boys got the bye. Right. So they've got the bye. And on the 6A side, the South Haven boys have a bye. So, again, so you have three 6A games tonight for the boys, 
one 5A game, and then the South Haven boys and the Lake Comorant boys have a bye. Good luck to all the men and women that are carrying the DeSoto County banner with them. We certainly appreciate you. Good luck tonight. Under the water tower, those teams, we definitely uh, will be pulling for you big time there. Congratulations to all those young people. Again, as we mentioned just a few minutes ago, under the water tower, Miss Raleigh Eister with some great accolades, Zanon Harrelson from the east side of the county, and then all the basketball players that are still getting the opportunity to continue playing their high school season. If you enjoy what you hear from us each and every Tuesday, Friday, and the special episodes on Wednesday throughout the spring, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast. That's UTW Podcast on Facebook. On Instagram at UTW Podcast. And on Twitter at UTW Pod. That's Twitter, UTW Pod. Also, if you enjoy what you hear, share it on Facebook. Share it on Twitter. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Instagram. Share it so more and more people can learn about our show. More and more people can hear our Wednesday shows. Learn more about the particular alderman candidates that may be in their ward. And they can start to educate themselves on the different things going on for the spring elections. Also, please hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple Music. Spotify, Pinecast, anything like that, please consider hitting subscribe so you'll know when we re- when we release a UTW podcast. Podcast listeners, remember, tomorrow we will release a special show, the three gentlemen that are running for the alderman seat for Ward 3, Mr. Robin Cotton, Dustin Alstein, and Bruce Robinson. It'll be a special episode. We'll simply have uh, beginning ads, a couple of ads throughout the, the show, but we're going to have one, two, three episodes so you can hear uh, the different candidates there. And, and hopefully it's informative. Hopefully it helps you make a decision for who you'd like to vote for if you are in Ward 3. Also, Derek, you'll be taking off this coming week, the rest of the week. Well, I'm, I'll help <laughs> get the show out on Wednesday. And then, right. Uh, I'll be off for the Friday show. We're going to have a special guest host on Friday. Zach Sims will be here with you, Matt, to talk about a new opportunity uh, that Rooster Production has uh, that will be coming on the east side of the county. Uh, he'll probably have uh, more to talk about covering Center Hill, uh, Olive Branch, Lewisburg, uh, along with the UTW podcast. So, again, please tune in on Friday uh, for a special guest host to kind of hear about a, another podcast Rooster Production is going to produce. Uh, and uh, looking, really looking forward to hearing y'all while I'm uh, out of town. Yeah, it's going to be good. He's going to sit down. Uh, he and I can visit, talk all about the different things going on in Olive Branch. From what we can tell Derek, he and another uh, the, the other gentleman is going to co-host with him. Our show kind of inspired them to say, hey, you know, maybe we could do something like this over in Olive Branch, talk more about politics, those different things. They're not going to be a twice-a-week show. Uh, they're just simply going to be a once-a-week show, have some different things. So, so pretty neat. Uh, so tune into that episode also on Friday. Again, a guest host. I, I finally get to some real talent in the room with me exactly and <laughs> and, uh, and everything and look if there's nothing else i'm matt and i'm Derek. join us next time under the water tower <laughs>